Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series in the book of James with this message entitled, Wisdom for the Asking, preached May the 12th, 2013. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to James chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. Wisdom for the Asking. See, we have a major university next door to us. You can walk over to the university property in a few minutes. And we own 23 acres next to the university. And you can take courses in business, in literature, in technology, in philosophy, in science. In literature, in women's studies. But you cannot take a course in wisdom of God. But here in this place, if you come, we will proclaim the wisdom of God. And those who humble themselves will have it. And you need wisdom and I need wisdom to live successful lives for the glory of God so you can ask the question who are the most wise people in the world Nobel Prize winners professors who teach at Harvard or Oxford the living presidents of the United States of America or the most wealthy people of the world You don't have to answer that. If you believe in the Bible, the answer is no. So James says, if you lack wisdom. So that tells you what we need most in this life is not money. It's not gold and silver and power. It's not bigger houses. What we need is wisdom from God that we may make decisions that are pleasing to God and for our success in life. Wisdom, sir, that's point number one. Wisdom according to the Holy Scriptures, the source of all true wisdom is the triune God who revealed himself in the scriptures and in Jesus Christ, God's eternal son. So we read in Proverbs 2, for the Lord gives wisdom and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. And St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1, 24 and 30, But to those whom God has called both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God. Our righteousness, holiness and redemption. God considers the wisdom of this world foolishness. And you can get a degree in foolishness. 
It is demonic wisdom. James says in chapter 3 verse 15, such wisdom does not come down from heaven but is earthly, unspiritual and of the devil. God destroys the wisdom of the world. 1 Corinthians 1.19 for it is written I will destroy the wisdom of the wise the intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. In the gospel of the cross God's wisdom is especially revealed. Paul says for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. If you haven't bowed your knees to Jesus Christ, you are perishing. And you will never succeed in your life. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. God alone is wise and he gives wisdom to those who fear him and shun evil. Job 28 asks, where can we find wisdom? Can we find wisdom any place in his created universe? The answer is no. And he finally arrives at the conclusion, wisdom is found in God. So he concludes the chapter by saying the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. To shun evil, that's understanding. Don't come and tell me you got into the mud of filth and tell me you are smart and wise. Why don't you say you are filthy and foolish? And Psalm 111 says the fear of the Lord is beginning of wisdom all who follow his precepts. That's the word of God. All who follow his precepts, all who obey the covenant word, have good understanding. To him belongs eternal praise. This wisdom of God is manifested in the righteous conduct of God's holy people. If you revere your parents and obey your parents, you are wise. And if you disobey your parents, you are a fool. And God himself is against you. Because ultimately, it is mocking God. Wisdom teaches how we should make decisions in all things for the glory of God. And for our eternal happiness. An atheist is a fool who denies God. He has no divine wisdom. He is demon possessed. He is governed by the God of this world who has blinded his eyes. This wisdom of God enables us to choose the right path. Always. So we read in Jeremiah 6. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. And modern times I can say go to the church that preaches the word of God. 
That's the first mark of God's church is preaching of God's word. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And you will find rest for your souls. This wisdom, friends, is the ability to apply knowledge to life's complex problems. Wisdom gives ability to see everything, including fiery trials from God's point of view. It gives ability to rejoice in trials, for we know trials produce endurance and spiritual maturity. Not dope. That's how you lose your mind. If we have this wisdom of God, then we lack nothing. If we lack God's wisdom, Sophia to you, we lack everything worth having. Jesus asked, what does it profit if you gain the whole world and lose your souls? Think of the rich man in hell. This wisdom comes to us from Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit who enlightens us in the Holy Scriptures, especially as the word is preached by God's holy ministers. We are exhorted not to worry when we face trials of every kind because the Holy Spirit shall come upon us granting us wisdom to deal with our trials. So we read in Luke chapter 12, when you are brought before synagogue, rulers and authorities, do not worry about how you will defend yourselves or what you will say. And Luke 21, for I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. And did you read the sermon by Stephen? full of Holy Ghost and wisdom and they did not contradict they killed him that's all and Isaiah says in Isaiah 11 the spirit of the Lord will rest on him spirit of wisdom understanding spirit of counsel power spirit of knowledge spirit of the fear of the Lord and he will delight in the fear of the Lord Jesus himself grew up in wisdom and ministered in spirits, wisdom, and power. Children receive wisdom as they listen to the holy teaching of their parents and teachers. You are born a sinner, confused and sinful. And practice sin. And you need to be born of God's word. And then learn. And mature. Through the wisdom of the word of God. This wisdom of God is practical. Not theoretical. Sitting around discussing about God. 
All God's people need this wisdom. Especially leaders need this wisdom. That they may lead their children, the church, in the way of God. Solomon prayed for wisdom and it was given him. Egypt and Babylon, the leading countries of the world, let's say United States of America, do not have wisdom as Daniel explains. Daniel said in chapter 2, during the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised God of heaven and said, praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He sets up kings and deposes them. He gives, he gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness. And light dwells with him. I thank and praise you, O God of my fathers. You have given me wisdom and power. Daniel replied, no wise man, enchanter, magician, or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. The wisdom of the world is the antithesis of true divine wisdom. And we receive this wisdom from God himself. Joseph was given this wisdom. Acts 7 verse 10. He gave Joseph wisdom and enabled him to gain the goodwill of Pharaoh king of Egypt. And what about Stephen? Acts 6 verse 3. Brothers choose seven men from among you. Who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. The preachers are to be people full of the Holy Spirit. Therefore full of wisdom to interpret and preach the gospel. And Acts 6 and verse 10. And they could not stand up against his wisdom or the spirit by whom Stephen spoke. What about St. Paul? Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation just as our dear brother Paul also wrote you with the wisdom that God gave him. You see, he receives wisdom. Jesus receives wisdom. Joseph receives wisdom. Stephen receives wisdom. He gives you wisdom for the asking. First order of business is to humble yourself and say, I lack it. I don't have it. But oh God, give me wisdom. The wisdom comes to us from the word. The word of God imparts wisdom. So we read in 1 Corinthians 12, 2, 1, there is given through the spirit the word of wisdom. 
In Deuteronomy 4, 5, and 6, so, See, I have taught you decrees and laws as the Lord my God commanded me, so that you may follow them in the land you are entering to take possession of it. Observe them carefully, for this will show your wisdom and understanding to the pagans of the world. It will teach them, you are light and they are darkness. It is God's will, friends, that his people be filled with the wisdom of God. So Paul prays in Ephesians 1. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. And he says in Colossians 1 verse 9, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will. Through all spiritual wisdom and understanding, some of you are making decisions that are false and you know it. And you are brought here so that you can listen to what I have to say. That by God's grace you may change that decision. God does not want us to lack anything, especially this wisdom, without which we cannot live to please God. Money cannot buy it. The finest universities do not and cannot teach it. God gives it freely for those who ask for it. So point number two is ask for wisdom. Ask for it. It is an imperative. It's a command from God. He doesn't like us to be stupid. And mindless. Ask God who alone is the source of it. Ask those who lack wisdom, ask. As Christians, we may lack this wisdom. We may not know what decision we make in a situation that will be pleasing to God. We are to please God in all of life, in everything we do. Ask as Canaanite woman asked Jesus to heal her daughter he tested her faith in him by not helping her right away she kept on praying and her request was granted and her great faith was praised ask like the friend who asked his friend at midnight for three loaves of bread and the friend said Don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you though he will not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend. Yet because of the man's boldness he will get up and give him as much as he needs. Then he says, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? 
if you then though you are evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your father in heaven give the holy spirit to those who ask him holy spirit gives you wisdom we read in psalm 121 he will not let your foot slip he who watches over you will not slumber he doesn't tell you don't bother me i'm in bed your pastor may say that god doesn't sleep or slumber his office is open always ask in humility ask confessing i don't have it you have it please give me wisdom that's my greatest need i need wisdom the writer to the hebrews tells us let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need you can receive the greatest gift of wisdom just for the asking it doesn't take much wisdom to sin to do dope to commit immorality to break your commitment to god don't come and tell me i got the great wisdom to divorce my wife the blind bartimaeus asked jesus to give him sight the people rebuked him to stop bothering jesus but he shouted all the more jesus son of david have mercy on me and jesus stopped and healed him sight for the asking wisdom for the asking salvation for the asking ask with prayer and fasting number 3 St. James says, ask the ever-giving God. That's the way he writes in Greek. Giving is the nature of God. Creation itself is an act of giving. He, doesn't, he didn't have to create anything. God is like the sun always shining. God is love and love gives. for god so loved the world and gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life what about jesus christ husband love your wife just as christ loved the church and gave himself up for her Acts 14:17 yet he has not left himself without testimony he has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their seasons he provides you with plenty of food and fills your heart with joy ever giving god what about satan Satan comes to steal, kill and destroy. Jesus came to give eternal life to those under his wrath. He says, everyone who is thirsty come to me. Come all who are thirsty. Come all who are weary. Come buy and eat. Come without money. The feast is ready. ask 
and receive wisdom from the ever-giving God who is ever ready to receive you. He welcomes only the poor and needy, the rich and the self-righteous. He sends empty away. Number four, he gives to all, sir, to all who come to him. He gives to anyone who lacks, to anyone who comes and asks God the Father in the name of Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Ghost. Because you are justified by the blood of Christ. You are adopted as children of God. You have rights. You have free access to God himself. By grace. He gives to all without partiality. Jew, Gentile, rich and poor. Master and slave. To all. Number five. He gives to all wisdom generously. He opens the windows of heaven and pours out rich blessing until you have no room to receive it. So we read in 2 Kings chapter 4 verse 6. When all the jars were full, she, the widow, said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. It's not God's problem. It's your problem. He gives generously. Ephesians 3.20 Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Amazing statement, isn't it? Paul writes to the Philippians and my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ. In Romans 10 verse 12 for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile the same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. God does not insult you for coming to him. He welcomes you and he embraces you as the father embraced the prodigal and kissed him. So we read in Luke 15, so he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. He will not insult you for bothering him for coming to him your request for wisdom shall be granted to you because it is a prayer according to God's will he desires you to have divine wisdom he will fill you with the spirit of wisdom counsel knowledge understanding power spirit of the fear of the Lord he will give you insight into the word of God he will direct you saying this is the way walk in it he will enable you to do what he requires of you what does he require of you we read the other day Deuteronomy 10 verse 12 
And now, O Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God, which is what wisdom is, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Number six, it shall be given him. What shall be given him? Wisdom shall be given him who comes to God and asks. This, friends, is a guarantee. It is a promise. God cannot lie. God is truth. And his word is truth. God speaks truth. He fulfills all his promises. Let God be true and man be a liar. He promises and he changes his mind. St. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 1. For no matter how many promises God has made. They are yes in Christ. And so through him the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. And number seven, but you must ask in faith, not doubting. Those who come to God must believe that he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. He says, be it according to your faith. Those who ask God, not in faith, But doubting him is insulting him. The doubter says God is incompetent. That God is like man, a liar. He promises what he cannot deliver. Such a doubting person does not believe in the God of the scriptures. The God of creation. The God of providence. The God of redemption. He mocks the God. He is a fool. He receives nothing but divine judgment. Come in faith. Come with a sincere heart. Come with a wholehearted devotion. Pray wholeheartedly. Pray. I believe. Help. Please help my unbelief. Come to God in faith. And even that faith he gives to you. And you read that in Acts 3, verse 16. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name. And the faith that comes through him that has given this complete healing to him. As you can all see, he gives you faith to come to him. Elijah asked the unbelieving, doubting people of Israel... And we read that in 1 Kings 18. How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. Friends, the doubter is like the wave of the sea driven by the wind and tossed. He never gets anything from the Lord except punishment. 
He lacks confidence in God. He is characterized by unbelief, a sin God will not forgive. The unbeliever insults God. God despises him, calling him that sort of man. He is uncommitted. He wants to serve two masters, God and money. This cannot be done. The double-minded person never serves the true God. He is a dirty person, James says. In chapter 4, verse 8, come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded, dirty person. If you doubt God, you are a dirty person, dirty in your heart, in your conscience. God hates double-minded people. So we read in Psalm 119, I hate double-minded men. The doubter is never secure. He who trusts in God is secure in all his life. The doubter, he is always wavering like the wave of the sea through unbelief. Friends, the doubter has no anchor for his soul. We read in Hebrews 6.19, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. Unbeliever has no anchor for his soul. He has a split personality. He always changes his mind. Hosea 6 verse 4, what can I do with you, Ephraim? What can I do with you, Judah? Your love is like the morning mist, like the early dew that disappears. Hosea 10 verse 4, they make many promises, take false oaths and make agreements. He who prays in faith honors God and receives his request generously and unconditionally. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. He prays for wisdom and he receives wisdom. The doubter is called deep sukos, double-souled, a term possibly coined by James himself. A doubter is not a yes or no man. He is always... A yes and no person. You cannot trust him. When he comes and gets married. When he confesses Jesus is Lord. And get baptized. You cannot trust him. Have nothing to do with a doubter. He marries only to divorce. He gets a job only to quit. He joins a church only to leave. He makes promises only to negate them. He moves to one location only to relocate to another. He does everything in doubt. Paul said, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Everything the doubter does is sin. He is like a pendulum, vacillates. He is a slave to his changing feelings. He thinks he likes engineering. But after a while, he changes his major to psychology, then to sociology, and then to women's studies. 
He is like the wave of the sea. He is here, he is there, he is everywhere. Driven by the wind of his feelings. He is unstable all of his life. He starts something, soon he loses interest and he never finishes anything. He is a failure in life, but he says he is successful. What to that girl who marries him? He is untrustworthy. Look at early Peter. I said early Peter. Like Jesus, Peter wants to walk on water. Jesus let him do so. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. But he prayed, Curious souls on me. Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. He said, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Remember Jesus said, come and walk with me on water. Why did you not trust my word? Why did you not trust me? Later Peter said, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Yet he denied him three times, unlike others. But Jesus was faithful to him. He appeared to him personally after his resurrection. Peter was a deep sucos, a doubter. But Jesus made him a Peter, a man of strong faith who fearlessly bore witness to Christ and suffered crucifixion for his testimony. He was filled with the Holy Spirit and wisdom. Friends, without wisdom we cannot live for the glory of God. The world has no wisdom. Wisdom comes from above, from the triune God, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, wisdom is seen in the Holy Scriptures which speaks of Jesus Christ. That he must die the death of the cross and be raised from the dead that everyone who believes in him may be saved. That's wisdom. Have you honored God by trusting him? It is wisdom, friends, to believe in Jesus Christ and be saved. Did you know that, sir? It is wisdom to believe in Jesus Christ and be saved. And you are a professor, you mock Jesus Christ. Your mother has three dollars and he mocks Jesus Christ. The moment you die, you descend to hell. Did you say that pastor preached hell and brimstone? That's exactly what I'm doing. And I'm glad you are listening. Throughout the world, you are listening. Let me read this to you and conclude Romans 11. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay him? 
For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever and ever. Wisdom, sir. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Wisdom, sir. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Let me help you today. Let me ask you, do you lack wisdom? Do you lack wisdom, sir? Then let me pray for you. You have to make decision. And the first decision, if you haven't made, to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ because upon the cross the wisdom of God is manifested which is foolishness to the world that's the first order of business call upon the name of the Lord and be saved and then yes we Christians may lack wisdom James says so and what did he say spend money go to the university get a degree in psychology I said, no university can help you. It is God in the preaching of the word is able to help you. And today I preach the word to you. And he will give you wisdom. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that you enable proud people to be humble. And call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. Because you guarantee salvation to everyone who comes to you in faith and we also come to you O Lord lacking in wisdom we face various situations in life and we don't want to go on the broad way of foolishness help us to walk in the narrow way that leads to life pour out your spirit upon us with generosity that will be filled to overflowing that we will live in wisdom all of our life in the name of Jesus we pray Amen. Amen